Is there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, trying to get your kids out of bed on time for school after a summer of sleeping in. Seriously though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri, comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves. Better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. It's that time of year again. Time to buy shoes for the kids, and a trapper keeper, and a fresh pack of unsharpened pencils or mechanical pencils, if that's how you roll. It's also time to fill in the spreadsheet with data about who needs to be where and when, along with what, and time to figure out a way to pay for it all. It's stressful for everyone, and for families that are already struggling, going back to school can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. On this episode of A Time to Sharpen, Brandon and I discuss ways to survive this difficult season and hopefully provide some perspective about it as well. Going back to school can be a teachable moment for us all. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. This is Axel Limata. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Or Vern. Or Vern. Um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about how to introduce this podcast and I... I thought I thought back to the scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he gets on the bus and he's like, "What are you gonna do today, Napoleon?" Whatever the flip I want to do. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna let Brandon do whatever he wants to today within the confines of the topics that we've chosen. Kind of like sure we want to go there. Well, it's kind of like Henry Ford said about the Model <laughs> T. He said, "You can order it in any color you want as long as, as, long as it's as- black." Right. So you can talk about whatever you want to today, Brandon, as long as it's about whetstone and as long as it's about self-control. Self-control. And about going back to school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we thought that would be fitting since uh, my kids went back to school today, as a matter of fact. We took the proverbial first day of school mm-hmm. photo as everybody does, and there's going to be with the thousands of on and the the new, yeah, you know, the fresh. Except you know what we didn't clothes. do, which is kind of a pet peeve of mine. It's kind of like the word pivot. Uh-huh. <laughs> everybody has these like chalkboard, perfect chalkboard writing, and they have all the so it's all the names, and it's just like this Pinterest post of everybody's first day of school. Yeah. You know, it's just what do you like, mean chalkboard? Well, I have like a like a chalkboard, and it have the the kids holding a chalkboard with yeah. perfect like colored chalk, saying, uh-huh. you know, William Maxwell first oh, wow. day of you yeah. know or whatever. It's just okay, like I see. They what you're have saying. To, it's like so pre. It's like a prop, premeditated, and it's just like. <laughs> Make, you know why it makes me mad? Because it's like, we're, we're never that organized. No. <laughs> it's just like... Chalkboard? It's like, oh, gotta, wait, we got to snap a photo before the kids go to school. And right. like, anyway. Yeah. We're just not that organized. So. It, it made me think of like, uh, when you're doing a take on a film and you're like, take one. It's like, yeah, first day of school, take one. Yeah. That didn't go so well. Let's let's try this again. Yeah. Until you get the perfect one. We got to present you can post that on, on social media. 
Yeah. Not that we're down on social media because we, we use it uh, here at the ranch. It's been a very, very useful tool, but certainly it can be, uh, it can be a detriment to mental health if you're trying to live up to unrealistic <laughs> expectations on the yeah. first day of school. Yeah, so that's that's exciting. Sent uh, well, you got six kids. Not all of them are heading off to school, but I have four. Yeah, heading off. Three four of heading them off. today. Yeah, and then, uh, the fourth one will be in a couple of weeks. Right. So and they're kind of spread out in terms of different types of schools that they go to. My kids are as well. Yeah. Between public school, state university, yeah, homeschool, college, now. co-op. So. Uh, it's a it's a big old blend. Right. It's a lot more complicated than when we were growing up. It's like there was one option, you know, or otherwise your parents went to jail yeah, right. <laughs> because you were truant and you were not abiding by the law and you were not a good citizen. Yeah. So we've opened up our our awareness and our, uh, I think, understanding of, of uh, parental rights and, and what parents should and uh, should be able to do with their kids and everything. And we've taken full advantage of that as a family, but we also... Uh, have taken advantage of the public school system as well. And I taught in public schools for 10 years and grew up in public schools. You did as well. So hold no ill will to that to that system and, and believe it does a lot of good. Um, however, there are some, as with any educational system, some drawbacks. And um, wanted to talk about that some today in terms of why, why Whetstone? Why was it necessary to go to Missouri for me, I was living in Kentucky at the time and, and plant a, a, another school, which is what we did. We founded a school, mm. a, a therapeutic boarding school. Uh, why was that necessary? Why couldn't, you, why couldn't I have just done that where I was at, at Henry Clay High School in Lexington, Kentucky? And <clears throat> it's, a, it's a kind of a complicated answer to that question. So it seemed like a, a good topic to podcast about. Yeah. What was, uh, tell the story real quick of the little thing that your wife did that was kind of a cue that mm-hmm. started the ball rolling in your mind to kind of switch directions. You're already thinking that way a little bit or just feeling some discontent in the public school system. Mm-hmm. But specifically with Whetstone, what was it that Christine did? Well, that- the long story short, um, I knew about the idea of whetstone in its seminal form and nice was word. yeah like seminal. that seminal and in its uh, infancy and in its uh, seedling stage in its uh, dream stage and was uh, kind of kept um, updated by by Jeremy Thompson who's now our executive director and my best friend growing up and Nate Dahlstrom who's my cousin uh, they they worked closely along with Brandon on the original plans for Whetstone, and thought it was interesting, but was not interested in in the the plan to start a boys ranch because I enjoyed teaching where I was in public schools, high school English and speech and debate. But my wife heard about the plan in a family reunion at one point along the line. Nate was talking to her, and Nate had kind of talked to me about joining the the mission at some point and being the headmaster. And she was more interested in, in it than I was. And early on, we had these promotional mugs, right. these whetstone mugs. And right. we got one of those. And she would pull that out occasionally and position it just right as a subliminal <laughs> message to me. Turn to, the logo just, yeah, just like, right. Whetstone, it's there. It's an option. You know, t- take a drink. That's hilarious. Take a sip. You know, come yeah. on in. The water's fine. 
and maybe that had an impact on me. Maybe, right. I, maybe it didn't. I don't know, but it certainly didn't didn't hurt that my wife was on board with the vision, and I certainly wouldn't have been able to do this without her support and without her. Yeah, that's a big big deal yeah. as yeah. far as ministry goes and what we do. We obviously could not do it with without the help and support right. of our wives. But I always love that story. Just, <laughs> Potentially, you know, God works in a lot of different yeah. ways. and God's so, call. You know, so uh, We have, I mean, how many employees have we had here over the years? Probably close to as many boys as we had, maybe, because our staff-to-boy yeah, I mean, ratio is so low. It's I think it's about 65 to 70. 65, 70. I mean, so, you're counting, like, interns and yeah, just yeah. part-time staff. So every one of those people, those men and women, have different stories about how they heard about Whetstone um, how right. God spoke to them and called them to this ministry. And as we proceed with this prog- podcast, I'm sure we'll tell more of those stories. But right. mine mine involves taking over the, the kind of school and, and planning a school and, and planting a ranch in, in Missouri. And I brought in some lyrics to a song by Paul Simon, because we like to throw in some literature on this podcast. And the song is called Kodachrome by Paul Simon. And you all may be familiar with it from the chorus where he, he it kind of picks up pace and he's like, Mama, don't take my Kodachrome. Mama, don't take my Kodachrome. Mama, don't. Like that. And it's got this really catchy rhythm, as all Paul Simon's stuff does. But the beginning of the song says, When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school, it's a wonder I can think at all. And though my lack of education hasn't hurt me none, I can read the writing on the wall. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I pride myself a little bit on knowing a decent amount of music. Mm-hmm. But this one, I mean, maybe when if I heard the song, I would I would know the tune. But it's initially, not one of the more not, famous pop kind of top forty songs. Familiar. But in terms so, of like Paul Simon, like canon. If you're a Paul Simon fan, you've probably um, heard the song. And I'm familiar with it originally because when I taught at Henry Clay High School, speaking of my previous experience, there was one of my co-workers, his name was Matt Logston, and he taught in a a classroom that had a wall full of quotes. Mm -hmm. And going back like 30 years, every senior class that had AP English in that classroom picked a quote and they put it on the wall. And it was this really cool, historic kind of piece in the school. And one of the quotes on the wall, I remember... I remember being that one. It was like, uh, my lack of education hasn't hurt me. I can read the writing on the wall. And it was, it was funny because it was on an actual huh. wall, right? <laughs> the quote was written on the wall. And it just always stuck with me. And for some reason, I had in my head, maybe it's because it was an AP English class, that it was a Mark Twain quote. But I, I, I Googled it, and everything came up Paul Simon. So I'm guessing it's, it originated with Paul Simon, but it sounds like something that you know, Huck Finn may have, may have right. said, and it's certainly in sentiment, it's true to what Mark Twain thought right. and wrote about. And well, what's a explain uh, what a Kodachrome is? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it's a brand of yeah, camera, type of camera, yeah, type of camera. Yeah, okay. yeah. That, that kind of stuff's coming up back. Actually, vintage cameras, really? everything, okay. everything vintage comes back around. But right, yeah, I was just on a family vacation, and my my niece, who's a, a, a photographer. Um, has gone to school for it and everything. She had an old 35 millimeter camera. It was huh. a Canon, and 
that she was just buying 24 you know 24 pictures and roll and no way yeah and and it's a thing again and uh you, you can't replace the quality of photograph you get from that from that actual film camera but it's expensive to print all those pictures oh, yeah. and, and everything but there's just something about working with the actual film and, and printing it out and everything but yeah it's it's an old camera and the song the way i interpret it is paul simon's wanting to spread his wings and he's wanting to view the world in his his own way and he's not wanting to be tied down or confined by tradition or by what the school says or what his parents say he wants to kind of find his own way and to look through the lens and, and see and and express and, and portray the world in, in his own way and mm -hmm. And that's the way that the reason why that connected to me, in addition to my past history with it, is that I think that's what Whetstone is trying to do. It's trying to get boys to look through their lens and to make their own decisions and to, you know, push out all of the distractions, the, the peripheral stuff in society, what, what it says is cool, what it says you should do as a, as a young man all of these images that we'd get bombarded with. It's like, pick, pick what it is that you know to be true. Stick with that vision. Be true to yourself. Uh, which, you know, sounds like a kind of secular concept, in some ways, secular humanist. But it's also a very, I think, uniquely Christian way of looking at the world. Not being distracted. Yeah, that's what I thought of when, with the line of just all the all the crap that I learned in high school, the first mm -hmm. thing that I thought of was just like, like you mentioned all just the barrage of information and not just in high school, but just thinking about kids in high school now and just what's at their fingertips and what we see our boys, you know, with phones and, and just media and just chaos and noise and billboards and, and commercials. I mean, we are bombarded with just, just noise and there's so much stuff coming at us that, what what I thought about as it relates to what we try to accomplish here is we say whetstone is is a pause from a lot of that stuff a lot of that stuff that is hindering their relationships kind of muddying the waters and it's not just that that's part of the part of the problem is just them being plugged into so much of that stuff and let's be a, pr provide an environment to where they can unplug from that stuff and kind of just simplify. Mm -hmm. Like I see a lot of what we do is just trying to simplify things a little bit. Like life is complicated. And if we can try to get back to just more natural things. I mean, think about just, you know, diets and food in general and just like the, the whole organic you know, push these days and just a lot of just the healthy thing. Everything's kind of everything in its natural state, the way God designed it typically is better. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, um, you're sounding some, very Mark Twainish here. Yeah. Brandon. And well, very romantic. When I saw the, the lyrics too, I went and got, uh, got a Bible because it made me remember a Psalm that I read the other day that, reminds me of this and, and I think David was speaking to it as well he was just praising God for the whole psalm I'm not going to read the whole thing but it's just the simple things it's like the birds 
that make their nest, you know, in, in the mountains that, that hold the wild goats and, and the animals and just everything that God made is perfect the way he made it. And he was just like thanking God for those simple things. He gets to see those. He gets to enjoy them. And everything that you read in that Psalms is everything that's happening today. You know, there's even from, you know, the man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty much what, you know, God has called us as men to do. And so it's just, it was kind of cool when I read that, that it was simple. It just kind of was a call back to nature, thanking God for the simple things. And those are things that are beautiful. You know, we find beauty in those things. And a lot of those things are still going on the way it is right now. And so the KISS principle. Yeah, keep it simple. And so I think... Keep it simple, stupid. stupid. Don't leave that part out. But that is... I I need that part. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, stupid. Keep it simple. Now you're sounding like your dad. (laughs) (laughs) So... But that's, and we, I, you know, we all have to remind ourselves of that. We just, we can get too wrapped up in, in everyday stuff. And there's so many things, our hobbies, there's so much stuff to get, to get busy with and kids right. and sports and school now that's going back in session. So I think God calls us to, to get back to, to simplification. I think that's why we find respite in those times where we get away. I mean, you talked about, I know you get away a couple of weekends a year to uh, a monastery right or an mm-hmm. abbey just Sumption to abbey. get some yeah. quiet right mm-hmm. so when we need those times to just yeah. kind of get into nature well i think that's a good uh, a good description of what we try to do this with the school in terms of reading writing arithmetic the, right. the, three, the three r's, r's. <laughs> as, as they say and we expect the boys to teach themselves and to take responsibility for the reading or for their reading and their writing and the arithmetic and we're not going to make a bunch of excuses and we're not going to have a bunch of uh, i mean we we have accommodations i'm not saying those aren't necessary and a lot of our guys have some significant learning disabilities and challenges but we're not going to let those be excuses that's those are going to be challenges that they have to work through along with our help and our guidance and we're going to be creative to try to help them to do that but at the end of the day they are the ones that have to live with themselves and they have to deal with whatever hand they've been dealt and we've all been dealt various hands and and have issues that uh we have to face and we have to face we have to face them so and i saw just uh, moving away from that in public schools it was just frustrating how many excuses we were making on a daily basis for for students and um, I said, well, you know, I think kids can do better and I think we can, um, come up with a way of, of sharing the gospel and a way of being in nature and a way of being active, specifically gauged, geared towards boys. And I was just attracted to the idea that we could, we could do it different and, and better. And, mm. you know, maybe that's prideful. I think I have to guard against that. Uh, reinventing the wheel and and realizing that at the end of the day, after all my hard work, God's the one who gives the increase. But it's also a matter of like a calling. God puts different calls on our hearts. And I think some teachers are called to stay in the public schools. And that's great. I applaud that. I have lots of friends who are, who are doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of us, he calls to do something else. So uh, wanted to... Just kind of get that out there. We, this podcast is designed to, to help parents and teachers and, 
and counselors, but it's also designed to kind of describe what our what our program is. So it has that kind of dual that dual focus. And so the school component is one of this back to school kind of podcast. The other is to describe the program and one Bible verse that we have which goes along with back to school is Proverbs 29:11. So let's move on to talk about that. That verse which is really foundational to a lot of the work we do with the boys is that a fool gives full vent to his anger but a wise man keeps himself under control. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. And it's Proverbs 29.11. I like to remember that because it's like 9-11, 9-1-1. Not 9-11 like September uh, 11th, but like 9-1-1. Oh, like 9 Yeah. yeah what, what, why do you call 9-1-1? Emergency. Emergency. Okay. When you get angry, what do you usually end up doing? <laughs> Something that requires... Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe emergency vehicles. Exactly. Like, something stupid. Something, <laughs> something stupid, stupid when you get angry. We're not, we are at our stupidest when we're at our, our yeah. angriest. And so that's the way I remember the boy. I, I help the boys to remember where it's from is 911. You're going to have to call 911 if you get if you get angry. And it's 2911 because it's like d- double, double the danger. It's yeah. double danger. That's a little double mnemonic danger. device that I have to teach yeah, the boys. You're good at those. Yeah. They're, they're fun. They're like little puzzles. But, um, and, and that word fool, I think, really comes across too. Like, it's harsh when we yeah. pull this verse out. And yeah, we've, we had some, a, we've had some, some pushback on that uh, word fool. YouTube <laughs> videos as well that uh, <laughs> demonstrates the fool very well. Again, yeah. Hammering a this postman that <laughs> got mad about um, the, what was it? The garbage wasn't oh, was being set out on the curb yeah. properly. It wasn't the postman, it was the garbage man. And yeah. He had a hard time pulling all the garbage out. And he was just having a bad day. He ends up just like going Committing nuts. a federal offense. And he, he throws, he yeah. just ends up throwing the whole trash can in the truck. And then he takes the mail mailbox, destroys the mailbox. I mean, it just... You should, yeah, if you haven't YouTubed it, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's not a famous one. It's had, I don't know. Maybe a million views, probably less. But yeah. if you Google "garbage man" and like tantrum or anger, yeah, or "garbage man" and post uh, like mailbox, right. it'll come up, and you can just watch it over and over. And it's just a, a very visual image of, of the way that we act when we get angry. Right. And and when we're yeah. angry in the moment, we we feel like it's justified, like we're not seeing ourselves the way that everyone yeah. else is seeing us. Right. It tends to uh, yeah, just the. Disproportionate response is a, That's, we pull that a term out that we watch that video, use, yeah. and, and yes, those when we see a fool giving full vent, it's more than likely a disproportionate yeah. response. <laughs> and another one we like to like to, yeah. to go to is the uh, Chris Farley decaf Colombian crystals skit SNL skit. <laughs> we rest, we talked about Chris Farley a Canobin couple Knudsen. episodes ago, <laughs> the Tommy yes. Boy. But it, you should watch that skit too about. Someone who feels like he's been slighted, like some injustice has been committed, and yeah. he has a perfect right to just go nuclear on on the situation because he's, he's been. He's instead of uh, he's he's drinking what he thinks is pure Colombian coffee, yeah, uh, but it ends up being instant coffee. Yeah, <laughs> did you know that was a pure Colombian coffee? It's like a mock camera thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just absolutely loses yeah. it. So. How does that make you feel? Angry. <laughs> so, so to your homework uh, for right. this podcast is to is to Google the garbage man 
uh, post office and the uh, yeah. Chris Farley decaf Colombian crystals. On the flip side of that, though, we we also talk about people who do have self control and, mm-hmm. and good examples of that. And we did a, a chapel on Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And if you have not seen the movie Forty Two or know the story of Jackie Robinson, it's definitely one to go check out. And that's one that we show the boys. And just for for this month of self control uh, as a model for that, because. I mean, Jackie Robinson and, and kind of how Branch Rickey played into that of just being the president of baseball at that time, right? Is that mm-hmm. his, his role? Well, or? no, he was a uh, president of the Dodgers. It was the Dodgers. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he for the, the yeah. Brooklyn Dodgers and really wanted to, at that point, there was no black people in baseball. And so he wanted to break that color barrier and, and really using Jackie Robinson because of his skill. In, in order to do that, he just said, look, I need you to fight back with your glove and your bat and your speed. If you fight back physically, because you're going to get all kinds of pushback, you're going to get you know, racist hurls thrown at you, you're going to get death threats, your family's going to get threats, all this stuff is coming at you, but in order for us to pull this thing off, you have to have self-control and not fight back and just do it with your glove and your, and your bat and your skills. So that took a, an incredible amount of self-control, and if you you know see the movie yeah. or read the book or whatever, I mean, it kind of depicts that pretty well. Yeah. And so just and knowing that that you got to have, you got to think outside of yourself. That you know we talk about with the manhood element with the boys of just you know, investing eternally or thinking about the long game. Like if he didn't have self-control, then it just delays all of that and just everything you're trying to, to pull off. Just gets yeah. I think that's a good point. Like perspective, having a, a good perspective on things is something that helps you to control your anger because you're not just living in the moment. You're yeah. like, there's the, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and to realize that what's happening now is connected to something bigger. And I can I can push through this this difficulty here and live to fight another day. It doesn't all have to end right here. I think another thing that impressed me about that that scene between Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson or about why he chose Jackie Robinson. I forget if he explains this to him directly or if I read this somewhere else, but one important factor in him choosing Jackie Robinson in the first place was that Jackie had displayed a temper or had displayed like passion. Like it wasn't that this was some guy who was meek and humble and didn't have any you know, self-respect, and he would just let people say whatever he wanted. This was a guy who was, like, fiercely proud of who he was and of where he was from. Uh, he's an athlete, professional right. athlete. Yeah, so he's competitive, it's just, you know. It's, it's just, just a part yeah. of his nature. Yeah. But he also had the ability to to see things, you know, that bigger picture and, and to realize what the, the significance of what he was doing and to make sacrifices. Yeah. And I think that that's something we have to communicate to our boys is that they feel that anger is justified. They feel that just opening up their raw emotion is expressing their manhood and their power and their self-respect. And this is what a real man does. And it's the opposite, right? A real man can display that control, not because he doesn't, what is it? C.S. Lewis said that, that humility is not thinking uh, less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. less. And Jackie Robinson was able to do that because he was thinking about the big picture, not just himself. Yeah, I mean, the the easy way out is just 
losing it on somebody, you know, and just not having any, no cap. No cap. <laughs> so I think of the, what's that guy on the the movie Out of, or Inside Out? Is that what it was? Uh-huh. The, the guy who just, we just yeah. absolutely, anger, anger uh-huh. the anger. Yeah. Guy, that's what I think about when I hear this verse too. Now that that movie came out, but but yeah, I mean the easy way out is just to to kind of go to our core physical, you know, human self that were our tendencies, you mm-hmm. know. But to really exhibit self control, and as we look at just the life of Christ and and what He had to endure in the model there, I mean that's just an un- unbelievable amount of self control that He had to endure for the bigger picture you know he knew what god called him to do he knew what his purpose was and and it goes back to our identity we've talked about in other episodes of just really trying to help our boys understand who their identity is what their identity in christ is uh, ultimately and if we can start to get a little taste of that we certainly helps us with our self-control because we begin to see a bigger picture out right there. right so we got self-control. We got back to school. Thinking about how we wrap these two things together. I'm thinking, like, going back to school required... I mean, I always remember that was, like, the worst part of, like, going back to school was... Yeah. Now I have to, like, go where people tell me to go. And I have to do what they tell me to do. And I have to sit in a chair for this long and do this homework and read this book. And all summer long, I've been able to just yeah. do go where I wanted and play whatever sport I wanted with my friends and everything. And I always, as a parent, I'm conflicted sometimes. As I've already mentioned, we have a mixture of like different educational models with our family. Yeah. And we've, we've gone back and forth about, um, just the freedom of homeschooling, even to the extreme, not quite to the extreme of unschooling, like just let kids do whatever they want. But my wife is much more along the lines of let's let's be creative, let's let right. them explore their imaginations, let's let them be who they are, and that's not trying to fit them in some kind of box. But then you have some kids that, that don't, they're not wired that way. Right. They like the structure, they want the structure. And so I think that's one thing that we try to balance here at Whetstone. It's one strength of our program is that we do, I think, get to do both, right? We have a morning in school where we, 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 it's structured, they sit down, it's quiet, they teach mm-hmm. themselves math and English and science and social studies. We call that filling a bucket. And in the afternoon, we have more discussion and we, uh, we have group talks and we explore film and music right and we call that lighting a fire so we're filling a bucket and we're lighting the fire and i'm not i'm not trying to say that schools don't do this either that's kind of an that's the way that we've been able to do it mm-hmm. and i think it's a real strength of the program yeah and we're able to let them go out every two hours and for a 15 20 minute break and release their wiggles mm-hmm. and i mean that's important stuff for a boy to, to go out and get some fresh air and for right. staff and to, again see the grass feel the grass and then be out in open fresh air and, and get some physical activity and we do you know, field we trips freedom to do that you yeah know, we have field during trips. the week and they have a day of work where they go out and they work in with animals or they work in the field or they have community service and that's a part of the schooling we yeah. have wood shop and so they're not just in the school room they're out and about and yeah and learning um in all the various ways that that we learn in real life yeah you know, school can be very artificial in the way that it teaches us how to learn 
Yeah, maybe just real quick going back to tying the two together. We mm-hmm. kind of talked about it from the student's perspective, but from a parent's perspective, as far as going back to school and self-control, for me personally, it's like... Okay, now we got to get the kids up at 6.30 in the morning. We got to get their lunches ready the night before. We got to mm. just all the stuff, all the prep work now that you have your schedules. Make sure you from, do your For homework. now, for nine months, yeah. it's just like, it just is You're making me weary. tired. Yeah, wearisome of just trying to know that, okay, we have to get the kids to bed, be better about getting the kids to bed earlier, having dinner earlier you know just all those things we tend to build ourselves you know, that can cause stress and then i know for me when it becomes 10 30 and i've and the kids are still running around trying to get yeah. stuff ready for school i know they're going to be tired the next morning i'm tired i'm ready to go to bed it's, time, it's, it's easy for me to give full vent to my anger and be like <laughs> shut, go shut to it bed. down <laughs> it's like the foot the, is down yeah yeah so so that's definitely hits home for me with this person back to school that just we need to uh to check ourselves before we speak Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah check yourself before you wreck yourself yes yeah good point good reminder brandon we as parents need to exhibit self-control if we want our children to do the same stop yelling at your sister (laughs) (laughs) more more is caught than taught that's right more is caught than taught. All right. Well, this has been great, yep. Brandon. Thanks for joining me. Good to be back in the studio. Yeah. Yep. And we will be back with you guys in another couple weeks. Please, please, please follow this podcast. That yeah. helps with the rankings. Share it. Like it. Make some you know, comments. Make Tell some us what comments. you think. Is there something you want to hear? Yeah. Something you didn't agree with or something like that that we can address yeah all that helps all that helps to basically further the mission of of sharpening the character of young men which is which is why we're here and uh, it's why we'll be coming back to you in a couple weeks so we'll talk to you then adios whetstone boys ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic ozarks of southern missouri It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16-year-old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.